Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Amen. Thank God that He saved me one day. Um, nothing to boast in but Him. Turn with us this morning to the book of Second Kings. Um, feel like I need to, to preach this this morning and have an unction to do it. So grateful for the opportunity to. 2 Kings chapter number 6 is where you'll find the text. We're going to begin at verse number 8 and uh, read a few verses there about Elisha. 2 Kings chapter number 6, verse number 8. Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of, and saved himself there not once nor twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said unto them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet that is in Israel. Telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes, that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. I'm going to read one more place. Romans chapter number 8. Romans chapter number 8, verse number 31. Romans 8, verse 31. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who maketh also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. 
as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Father, we pray that you would open your word to our hearts as we open our hearts to your word. Lord, may the living word pierce into the hard places and may it break apart those things that need not be there. We pray that that the hearer, whether present or abroad, can see, that they can, they can hear your voice and that spiritually they can recognize that you're still on the throne at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us even now. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for this word. And we pray that it bring God to the hearer, salvation if they're lost, comfort if they're saved. And in all of this, may we, your people, be faithful and courageous. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. The question that Gehazi had for Elisha was, what are we going to do? How shall we do, Master? Now, the part that had tripped him up was he had just gone outside. Day had come, which means it was visible then. You were able to see. And when Gehazi stepped out the door early that morning, he looked, and all around the hills of Samaria were a host, the enemy. The king of Syria had come with horses and chariots and a host, and there they had encamped around the place where Elisha lived. Now, I believe Elisha knew what was going on. Um, If Elisha knew what was being said in the secret bedchamber of the king of Assyria, then surely God had spoke to him concerning this matter as well. Elisha never went out of the house. I don't believe he ever peeked out or through the window or through the curtains to figure out how many were out there. Really, to Elisha, that wasn't the concern because God would give him other information. What are we going to do? As we look around us today, it looks to me like the world is getting worse. Not just this country, but the whole world. Everywhere that you hear about, read about, listen of, everybody's lost their mind. There's so many that are simply living in a reprobate condition. I'm talking about they can't discern right from wrong over any matter. And here we have ourselves, born-again believers, living right in the middle of this. You say, oh, what a dreadful time. I'd ask you to read the Bible. You'll find out that it was more like that than it is like we experienced in this country 50 years ago, where there seemed to be a host of people that believed in God and followed him. But we're in a place now where the children of God are going to have to stand. What shall we do? I read, I believe it was Wednesday night, I I read a 
a comment and a piece of scripture from Psalms chapter 11 said, if the foundations be destroyed, what shall we do? And the question really is, and you need to have it in your heart today and make up your mind, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Now, there's some choices to be made. I can tell you what you can do. You can sit at the house, right, and do nothing. But I'm not certain that's an option when I read the Bible. You can bury your head in the sand and say this ain't really happening, but that's not true either. Or you can do like a lot of folks and you can bury your head in the media and you can listen and believe to everything that's going on and before you know it, you're in despair. Before you know it, you've lost all hope. You've given up on the power of this awesome God that we serve. You've limited him in your own heart and your mind, not that you by nature could limit my God. Amen. I pray it not be that way, right? Just because you don't believe in him, I'm glad to report to you, it doesn't change the fact he's still God. Amen. Amen. And so I'm grateful today that my God is still there. Now, the problem is, is that we just can't see. We just can't see real clearly. And I believe that's the problem that this young man had when he went out there what had immersed his mind and his very heart. I believe it went right down to his soul. I believe there was a fear that shook him because he knew why they were there. He knew why they had come. They had come because of Elisha and he was directly associated with Elisha so he is in the same boat. If they killed Elisha, they'd get him. He wasn't going to escape and as he looked at the vastness of the army of the wicked that were out there, he troubled, Lee went inside and he said, Master, what are we going to do? Amen. If you look at all around you and if you pay attention to all the social media and you listen to all the different news channels and you read the newspapers, here's what I tell you you're going to hear. There ain't no hope. There ain't no changing. It's going the way of the wicked and it can't be moved or it can't be altered. May I say to you today that the propaganda of the devil has never been any different. He was a liar from the beginning and he's a liar now and he has not diminished the power of my great God. Now the problem with Gehazi is he was looking at the external and I would suggest to you today that there's a great number of born again believers who have been sucked into the propaganda trap. They have been drugged into all of the different bombardments of information that is available now in the age that we live in and I can tell you they despair of soul. They're disillusioned of heart and they're disappointed in their God. But may I say to you today, that ain't the God they're serving. If they'd really see their God, they'd take another story. They'd believe something different. They would accept something that was greater than what their minds had even understood. Here was the young man who come in and he said, we've had it now, right? I can hear him in my mind. That's what I'd have been saying. I'd have run in the door, slammed and locked it behind me and said, get everything we've got. They're coming for us. There's no way to escape. Now, what he didn't know was what Elisha knew. What did Elisha know? He knew the word of his God, right? There was something that Elisha had that this young man didn't have. Now, it wasn't that this young man was against God, But he couldn't see. He couldn't see. And I want to say today that there's a lot of Christian people that are struggling today with seeing. 
What Jesus said in the book of Matthew, chapter 13, he said, this people have waxed gross in their heart. Their ears are dull of hearing that they cannot hear. Their eyes they have closed that they cannot see. May I say to you today, we need to wake up and recognize that it's not the external, it's not the circumstantial that we need to be worried about. What we need to focus on today is what the Word of God says. What people need today is to be set free. You say, how can I be truly free? Well, according to the word of God, it's truth that sets you free. And if the truth of God sets you free, the Bible said you're free indeed, which means you can have no captor. You cannot be bound if you're truly free. If you're free indeed, there is no one that can capture you. Here was Elisha and here was this young man. Two people against thousands and thousands of the enemy that had surrounded them. And this young man had focused his eyes on just the external, just the enemy, just the things that are going on. May I say to you today, if that's how you're living, I can likely tell the story of your life. Hope has long departed your house. You live in despair and you're disillusioned about God, right? You're questioning your own faith and how to serve God. As you look and it seems like nothing changes except to get worse. I believe we could all look and see if you were willing to to, to look around you and judge it correctly, you would say and and would be willing to admit that it's getting worse every day. But may I say to you today, I stand before you free. I'm not afraid of the direction this world is going. You say, how can you say such a thing? Because I can see something that the world can't see. You preacher, act like you're convinced about something. Tell me, I've got to know this secret. Here's the good news. It ain't a secret. I'd like to give you some information today. Jesus Christ rose from the dead and sits at the right hand of creator God and makes intercession for me. Let me give you another tidbit that the enemy, the prince of this world that is creating this havoc and doing all of these things currently that is creating the circumstances that perplex and cause everyone to be disillusioned seemingly. May I say to you today with one angel, God will bind him and will put him in a pit for a thousand years. Amen. Only one angel is what it took. And yet you live as if there's no hope. You see, the word of God simply frees me of that, that lie. It frees me of the things that the world would preach and the world would say and the direction that our culture would, 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 would say. May I say to you today that my God is still able to save to the uttermost. The word of God is what sets us free. And you say, well, that's such a small thing. I need to think about bombs. I need to think about armaments. I need to think about troops. I need to think about all of these things on how we're going to do this and how we're going to do that. May I say to you today, there is no power greater than our God. None. The problem is, is we put our eyes on the world and not him. 
We've allowed ourselves to be sucked into the trap of information when all of the information are lies. Here's what I can tell you will happen. You will become disillusioned and unaware that your God is still in control. Maybe we need a lesson about the providence of God. I don't know, but I can tell you this. Jesus Christ is still the king. There was a time when certain of our forefathers said, we're not going to do this anymore. And they vowed and they prayed and they combined their fortunes and their efforts and they declared unto England that we would no longer live under their rule. A revolution occurred, right? King George didn't take that sitting down. He sent his navies and his troops and they landed on this continent and they began to by force try to take it back. May I say to you today that there was something going on. Was it a struggle? Yes. Were there times that Washington didn't know whether he was going to win or lose? There were. But not a day, I'm told, he didn't bow on his knees and offer up unto the providence of God and ask for the favor of the king. For they said to themselves and troop to troop, They said, no king, but King Jesus. They declared that they wanted a free country and they were willing to stand for it. May I say to you today, the Christians of God can still stand. In spite of what the culture we live in might do or say, in spite of the lies, in spite of the heresy, in spite of the things that the prince of this world will do, I am declaring unto you today that I am free because the truth makes me free. You cannot bind me because the truth sets me free. Now I'm talking about spiritually. Right, physically they may bind me. Physically, there may come a day when they put me in jail for preaching truth. It could happen. It happens everywhere, just in other places. But that's not bound. You see, the real bondage of this world is not what we can see or experience in the flesh, but the real bondage is when one is bound in the spirit and does not know the truth of God. I know the truth, and the truth has set me free. Are you certain, right? Are you quite certain that there is no force greater than God? Yes, I am. I am absolutely convinced that there is no enemy. There is no force. There is no number. There are no bombs. There are no weapons. There is nothing that can go above the power of my, not even close. Say, how do you know this? Because the Bible tells me so. And that truth makes me free. I don't live defeated today. I may be broken, right? I may be contrived through whatever means necessary to be close with God. But here's what I can tell you. We're not defeated. There is nothing that can separate me from the love of God. Nothing. Nothing. Not a power, not a principality. Not not height, nor depth, nor things present, nor things to come. Not any creature can separate me from the love of God. I'm free. You cannot bind me. 
Because what sets me free is not of this world. It's of God. It's truth. It's living. Hear me, this isn't a document of like a newspaper or an article or in a magazine. This isn't a novel that you just pick up and read and lay back down. No, this is the living word of God forever settled in heaven. will stand when the world's on fire. Whether you believe it or don't believe it, this is true. And every man a liar, it's the word of God that cuts coming and going. It's the word of God that is a discerner of the thoughts and the spirit. It is the word of God that will ever set men free. What was problem with Gehazi was he is focused on the external, right? And if that's the way you're living your life and every day, who's doing this and who's doing that and what political party said this and that, may I say to you today, that's a trap. That is nothing but a snare of the enemy to pump in his lies into your brain. Then your brain has the responsibility to filter what is true and what is not true. What I'm suggesting today is there are people that have been overwhelmed by the information and now they believe the information instead of God. That's the problem. That's why church benches are empty. Is because men and women have chose to listen to someone other than God. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is all powerful? Then what force on earth trumps God's? What propaganda on earth somehow now is more important than the truth that abides within our hand? There were men and women that were willing to die for this freedom. And I I said it on the broadcast this morning. I am grateful that I live in a country where I am free to preach the truth of God's word. Now the Muslim is free to preach his. The Buddhist is free to preach his. The atheist is free to preach his. Right, I've always thought that funny. The people say they have no faith, believe in what they're believing in. Right, there you go. But they all have a right to preach it. Right? They're gathered all over this country right now in synagogues, temples, buildings of whatever such, and they call it worship or they call it something, and they're worshiping something other than God. In this country, I have the privilege to be able to preach to like-minded people and not be or suffer the consequences of a burdening government. But may I say to you today, it may not always be that way. It wasn't in this time And it may not be again. It may happen again. But that is not any indication to the power of my holy God. When Rome was in control, and even worse than that, you had corrupt Sanhedrin priests and scribes and lawyers, and they were all against the story and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when Peter and John were found preaching it in the temple and they had just healed the impotent man through the power of Jesus' name, they were brought into question. And ultimately, when they couldn't find no reason to accuse them, the Bible said that they beat them and told them to go and tell it no more. You know what Peter said to them? He said, if you think it's right rather to serve men or God, have at it. But as far as us, he said, we're going to tell everybody we can about what we've seen. 
and what we've heard. And they did. And the Bible said that the Holy Spirit filled them. And in everything they did, there was a direction and there was a purpose and there was a Spirit of God that comforted them. And even when they were in stocks and chains, they were able to worship and praise God. May I say to you today that my God is never out of control. I honestly believe that there are people today that are questioning whether or not God is still in power. Right? And they're doing so just because a particular party now rules or such and such. May I say to you today that has absolutely no bearing at all. You say, how can you say such a thing? Because God raises up and puts down whoever he wants to. Either he's in control or he ain't in control. Don't be confused about the matter. Either he is or he is not. If he is, then the ones that are in control, they're there by some divine purpose he's got that I don't understand. Now, I'll be honest and say that part. But the other part is I also believe he's still in control. You say, preacher, how in the world could we get to see what Gehazi saw? Well, I'm getting there, right? I've already been there, but I'm going back. I'll tell you why here in just a second. But let me remind you, this poor man, his real problem was is he had focused on the enemy. He had focused on the heart. He had focused on the things he couldn't change or control. He had focused on what the devil had lined up against him. That was his focus. And that was the problem. Once he got into the house and got his eyes off the rest of the world, once he got into the house with the man of God, the man of God said, don't be afraid. Right? Can you see him? You're thinking, here's this little boy trembling, having saw all those horses and chariots and troops. Elisha looks at him. He said, don't be afraid. Why? He said, there's more of us than there are of them. Now, he could have thought that, oh, Elisha's finally lost it. I was just out there. There's none of us out there. It's all them. That's where some Christians are today. That's where they are right now. They give up on the fight. They've laid down the cross. They serve him half-heartedly because they're disillusioned that their God ain't really who's in control. Let me share something with you. Just because God don't answer a prayer just the way you prayed it don't mean he is in one right lost his authority. It just means he's way smarter than you are and you'll have to get over it. He knows what's going on and you don't. Right? You're just like this little cat who's looking out and all he sees is the bad. And yet the man of God says, why, there's more of us than there are of them. What? Yeah. That's what I'm trying to tell you this morning. There's more of us than there are of them. You say, wait a minute, I thought the Christian was the minority in this world. We are. But God plus any number is the majority. Is he God or is he not God? Who are you serving? You can't tell me this ain't affecting people. Right? The fruit has been born. It's clear. It's not just this church. I believe it's in every church like this where people have laid it down. They're believing circumstantial evidence over the truth of God's word. Now, I could spend the rest of the day, and you know I could, on his truth and just remind you of what he said. But suffice it to be this. Whatever he said in there is absolutely going to happen. 
It cannot fail. He cannot lie. He's worth serving on Monday just as much as he is on Sunday. And we as a people have every opportunity, also responsibility, to serve God with all of our heart. He is still God. He hadn't changed. He hadn't changed. You can dismiss it. You can be hard of hearing, dull of seeing, whatever. But he's still God. He's still God. Say, preacher, I need the secret weapon then. I need that secret weapon. What it is that so convinces you that that there is no evil that can come against our God? Well, here's, here's what Elisha did. He said, there's more of us than there are of them. Now, the problem was is the young man couldn't see what Elisha could see because Elisha was looking spiritually. And so Elisha did this. He prayed for him. And I'd like everybody in the building to commit with me today. We're going to pray for him. Because all they really need is not another sermon. What they need to do is just see God. You're going around in circles. How in the world do you get somebody to see the invisible God? How? How are you going to open the Gehazis of our world? How are you going to open their eyes so that they could see that there are more of us than there are of them. That's really what Elisha said, Lord. He said, open his eyes that he could see. And the Bible said instantly, fellow stepped back out there and when he looked, he saw way more than the enemy. He saw chariots of fire and angels on those chariots. He saw a force of the spiritual kind that was surrounding the entire city. Then he recognized, truly, there's more of us than there are of them. How in the world do you convince people? What's the magic formula here? He said, lo, I come in the volume of a book. Shame on you if you don't have this book. Because this book has truth. And truth will set you free. This book means, I'm I'm talking about the book, the word of God. This book, because of this book, I can say unto you without any reservation that if God be for us, who can be against us. I can say unto you that there are more of us than there are of them because of the book, the Word of God. Now, some of you don't read it. Some of you don't study it. Some of you don't believe it. And all of those things make you spiritually blind to the truth that will set you free. This country is free today because men and women recognized that there was something greater than the forces of an enemy. And they called upon the divine providence of God and sought His favor for the sake of this country. 
and their ideals. And as they did so, they established what we are as a country today. Now, we, we may be falling away from that, but I can assure you it was established with a clear faith in one God. And it's been that God that has sustained us thus far. And friend, whether America stands or it falls does not change this. Does not change this. I am free today not because I'm an American citizen. I am free today because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And there ain't there ain't enough devils in hell that can change that. They can't have me. They can't get me. They can't keep me. They can't stop me. How do you know? Because the book said, what do you need? I just need this. What does America need? It needs this. It needs this. No, America needs so-and-so to be in role or control. No, there ain't a government that's going to rescue America. No, not no, none of them can save America. We will go the same as every nation before us that has abandoned God. We must turn to God. And that will come from his book, Preaching Truth. I don't know. But I can tell you this, there's no reason for me to be in despair. Right? There's no reason for me to hang my head and say there's just no use. There's no reason. Why do I keep trying? It just gets worse. I'm free because of this book. And the children of God are going to keep assembling. Right? They may make it against the law, but you know what will happen? We'll keep coming. How do you know? Because that's what they did then. How do you know? Because it's truth. I know what happened then, and he's given it to me now. He's given it to me so I know. Come and get a song.